0: Damn it, Nick! I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long to didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome.
1: Nicholas, Sir Nicholas. Yeah. Is Val not the time stamp things, but today is Valentine's Day, <laughs> and outside of being with my wife and my daughter, I could think of no better person to spend this day with than with you. Wow. The past the past, you know, 2 plus years have been great. The show has, has gone to places that I never thought it would go. And I'm really proud of what we do. And uh, just cuz it's Valentine's Day doesn't mean that that, that that two men can't, you know, you know, tell each other they love each other and sure. and share a poem, right? So I wrote a poem for you, Nicholas. Mm-hmm. And I I I've I've been working on it and I've I, look, for those watching, I'm not reading from anything. I've committed it right here.
0: Wow. So, you me. ready? You're a little too short for everybody to see your heart, but I
1: knew you were pointing yeah. there. So roses are red. Mm. Violets are blue. <laughs> you called dibs on black tape. So fuck you.
0: <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, Dorkshire Dorkshare Gooniverse at Geeks Worldwide Radio proudly presents to you the greatest... Podcasting team in the world. He's the fry guy, Nick Fryer. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Doctor Joe, and together we are the TLDR Comic Book Club, baby. Did you like the poem, Nicholas? I love the poem. I you know
0: when you said violet too. It's, it's every time I hear the word now, it's changed for me forever because I never knew a violet until your daughter. So now, you say Violet's blue, is she? Because that's probably a problem, if that's the case. (laughs) Uh, But I am doing great. It's good to be back and doing the show. Um, Obviously, our listeners have had no shortage of content, but obviously we didn't do What's New last week because, actually, the good doctor was celebrating young Violet's birthday. How old is she now? Uh, She just turned six. Six. Okay, so I got to get her another Squishmallow next time that I see. Oh, you, she is.
1: She is. She is fucking swimming in Squishmallows. Squashmallows. You know what they? They have. <laughs> um, so at Newberry Comics, right? They've got a vast array of just you know these different size Squashmallows. I call them Squashmallows. Really drives mm. you nuts. Um, <laughs> like the big, big, small. mirror. But they have these mystery ones, right? They're in, they're in a bag, so they have two different oh. sizes. So for uh, her birthday. Um, I got her sort of this big one. It's like you know, there's there's five different ones you can get plus a mystery one. So they show you which five you typically get, and there's a mystery one. You open up, and she got it, and she, it was a sloth, and she loved it.
0: Oh. Um,
1: So for Valentine's Day, I went back there today, and I got her one of the smaller mystery ones nice. uh, that that's in a bag, and and so she she absolutely loves those things. They are soft as hell, fryer. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Sure they, did they 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 make great pillows, by the way. Hmm. Yeah, Well,
0: good to know. Uh, But I'm more impressed by the fact that she's a fellow Mikey fan. I saw for her birthday she got a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, what do you call it? Um,
1: T-shirt.
0: Well, T-shirt and and birthday cake, right?
1: Birthday cake. So the the birthday cake, uh, she loves the um, rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon, which Mm. is... Fucking terrible, but she loves it. Mm. And that the design on the turtles is not my favorite, right? They've got sort of like the the full headed bandana look, and yeah, uh, there's some weird artistic choices there, but she likes it. And so she said she wanted a turtle's birthday cake. So I found a picture of them. There's a great place in West Roxbury called Donna's Cakes, makes the best fucking cake I've ever eaten in my life. It has been every birthday cake served in this fucking household for Mm. the past. 16 years. And uh and they do a really good job. You send them a picture and they 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 do it. But this was a little too busy, you know, so I just photoshopped the heads and just made a little made a little nice. uh, you know, uh, document there, sent it to them and they did a great job. Uh, but yeah, she loves she loves Mikey. That's her favorite. She's a party so, dude.
0: So what I really need to do is get her like a Last Ronin poster for her bedroom. That's what she needs. Like one of those really like blood-filled posters. Yeah, she she'd love that. Yeah. There we go. Um, but of course, Joe is busy with that. Um, and we didn't do what's new, but you guys had plenty of stuff to listen to because a couple of weeks ago, we actually didn't tell you guys who we were going to be talking to during that what's new, but we were talking to a couple people over at Dark Horse. Then we followed that up with Michael Busutil, who is the editor of uh, the Masterverse too, so been no shortage of awesome information gathering on our part, Joe. Um, I've listened back to both of them since we uh, last convened. Really enjoyed both of those conversations. Um, I'm just curious if there were any lingering thoughts for you from either one of the two.
1: Yeah, I should have asked them some more bluey questions. I, I, I'm pissed. <laughs> I kind of saved that for the end. And mm. <laughs> no, 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 they, they were both um, both great uh, chats that we had and. We got some really great insight into, you know, the massive verse. You know, what sort of goes into it, what we can expect, how it's all, how it all ties together without like directly crossing over with each other too. Like, it just the whole process is fascinating, and that whole that they've really they've really done something you don't see, you know, in comics, right? I think it's it's a it's a rarity. We saw AWA do it with the Resistance, and now we're seeing image do it um you know or at least do a do a um, a more up-to-date version of it now with the massiverse by creating this giant shared universe like yeah spawns its own thing but spawn's been there for 30 years right Mm -hmm. um and things like that so it's not like it's new to them but like i don't know just creating something out of thin air and have it to sort of become this this sort of you know uh pardon the pun massive you know Mm -hmm thing it's it's been it's been wild and a a lot of fun to read yeah
0: i really i really enjoyed that conversation too and then the same with the dark horse conversation i look at that one and it's like we we talked about a lot of stuff but at the same time there's so much more that we could have talked about too i
1: swear to god they better fucking green light that cullen bun cad bane right uh book that i pitched yes i mean he seemed interested Right. Yeah. Yeah. He interested. he seemed yeah. very interested. I mean, mm-hmm. th- that's the guy to do it. And and as we you know, nice little segue as we've seen, Cullen Bunn has had a lot of books announced over the past couple of days. Yeah. So you now he's cooking with gas. He's got some good horror books coming. But that was yeah. that was a lot of fun talking with them because that was we've talked with a lot of Image people. You know, a lot of people from AWA. Um. So having a chance to talk to someone from Dark Horse, we got to learn how to um, properly pronounce. Um, Oh, all, all I want, all, all I can do is call him Stibby now. Our coach, yeah. um, <laughs> Sh- uh, Schipper. Stibber, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know how to pronounce his name properly. Some great Witcher talk, some great, um, some great Snyder talk, right? We we, yeah. we talked about, you know, all that stuff. So both interviews, give them a listen, a lot of fun. You know, these are, your, you know, we love talking to creators, but I think, you know, this idea you had of this sort of state of the union and, and talking with the different sort of, you know, studios and 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 you know, executives or you know, editors and, and whatnot gives us a little bit different perspective, and I think gives us a little bit more insight into, you know, the books that we love to read and and what we can look forward to, you know, in this coming year. And I think last year was a great year for books. I've got a feeling this year this year already is 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 really kicked off, and uh, I'm really excited for what's going to come out. You know, yeah. It really
0: worked out. Like, honestly, in the end too, we wanted to have three uh, state of the union conversations and we wound up doing that too. I was really, yeah. I'm really pleased. Like with us, you talk about how like proud of what we do and all this stuff. That ended up working out really well. And also specifically on the Dark Horse front, too. We've been talking about Star Wars and what are they going to do. We've seen like they started out with some younger audience stuff, but we got more insight, and it seems like there's going to be stuff for kids, and there's going to be stuff for people who are a little bit older, too, who maybe want some darker stuff. So very excited for what's to come in the Star Wars front there as well. And, of course, if you typically just watch us on, whether it's Doc's Twitch stream, YouTube, uh, or maybe on our Twitter, at TLDR underscore pod, you can't find those conversations there. You can only find them by subscribing to our audio channels, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Geeks Worldwide Radio, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, all the ma- major podcasts and flat- platforms. I think Pocket Cast is like our number two uh platform, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. But anyways, um you can only find it by subscribing there. Make sure you do that and then leave a rating and review if your listening platform allows you to. Five stars or whatever the highest rating is and a positive review would be great if you leave a negative one or not five stars. Doc's gonna, you know, you're gonna find out what the meaning of backcracker is, and I'll tell you guys right now, I know it's not a good thing. Um, but we have a couple other things too we want to touch on before we get to catching up and looking ahead to what's new this week. Uh, John Lee's friend of the show, who we're gonna have to have on soon because he's doing some stuff again. Um, he has a, another Kickstarter that launched. I right, he I've been building up to the day to Valentine's Day, but I believe it launched on Valentine's Day and then was completely fulfilled within like four hours of being launched on Valentine's day. Right. Was it so before?
1: yeah. Yeah. So it was, it's a brag. I was chatting with him today while I was in the waiting room at the dentist's office. And, um, you know, I said, you know, I just wanted to send him a message to, Hey, you know, I, I'm pumped that, that, you know, things coming out. Um, I backed it and I was looking at the, um, you know, when you go, when you go on Kickstarter, you can see like, and I'm like, Oh, you, you know, you. I go, it's awesome that you're 71% pledged within the first two days. This thing is really cooking. And he goes, first two hours. And I go, oh, shit, I misread <laughs> that. This project was fully funded within four hours. Crazy. Which is fucking awesome. And there's there's 24 days left to go. So, you know, there's some great options on there. If you haven't read Sync before and you've heard us talk about it, uh-huh. uh, there's some options where you can get the new book that's coming out um, and also get the digital versions will come along with it. So you'll be mm-hmm. able to read it all together. Uh, they put some really great packages uh, together here, um, you know, for this book. Um, some as low as $7 and as high as, you know, over 100 I backed um, rag here, Scrooge McDuck, you know, <laughs> uh, I backed the I backed the $80 one, which I don't typically do, right. uh, but I did it because I wanted to have um, I want to have all the physical copies of sure. this series because I just love it so much. I think it's a great collector's piece. You know, it comes with volume one soft cover, you know, volume two soft cover. It comes with uh, dig. You know the the forty eight page mm-hmm. one shot that they last kickstarted, um, and it will come with the soft cover for this as well, and then a couple other smaller smaller things. And if you're unfamiliar with with Kickstarter, once this thing is funded, a lot of times what creators will do is they'll come up with different like tiers for goals. So if it raises X amount of money beyond the goal, then they'll throw in this or they'll throw in that. So mm-hmm. go to Kickstarter, look up Sync Cutthroat" by John Lee's and Alex Cormac. Um, you can get it digital only, you know, for a very low price. Or if you want some of the extra, you know, fun stuff that comes with it, you can back it at various tiers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I am yeah. fucking pumped for this.
0: This is coming from, I mean, look, I know, I, I think I'm the only one that's done a Kickstarter or Indiegogo book on the show for a mainline episode. I did the plot holes, which I did get the um, physical copy for and then a couple prints with that because it's Sean, Sean Gordon Murphy. Um, and I really like his his art style and everything like that. I love that story, uh, which you have read as well now. Um, but we, we don't back a lot of stuff on there anymore. Obviously there was a big rush and everything. Um, but it's just, there's been a lot of issues with that over the past year or so. So when I so, tell you, I'm
1: still waiting on two books, one from 2019 and one from 2020.
0: Yeah. So, while I understand, like, not taking that lightly, uh, like, or I'm sorry, I hope you I hope you all understand, like, we don't, we're not recommending this, uh, you know, all willy-nilly. Um, I understand, like, I think the safest thing is always just to do it digitally, because then you know at least you're going to get the story. That'll get delivered much more easily. But, I mean, with John Leeds we've had on the show, we've talked with him quite a bit outside the show. Um, and, you know... I, very excited to do that and i'm going to be probably backing at a higher tier as well because i do want these physical copies because we've talked about like from a horror book standpoint like this is this is one of the best horror comics series like we when we if we ever revisit this subject on hashtag dork um or if we do something on here to make our own list like that's going to be in that conversation because it's it's so it's so damn good
1: i mean Uh, i've spent the money already i already own these digitally right mm -hmm, and they weren't cheap on comiXology and i'm getting them again that's how like there's certain things like you want that in your collection. I want sync in my collection. I want it yeah. over here right next to something is killing the children and red fork and Sarah and sentient and some of these other Noctera, you know, uh, you know, public domain, some of these other books that I have, you know, indie books, you know, mm. the, the trade. So, yeah. Um, Gotta catch a ball, Nick. Gotta catch a ball. <laughs> there
0: you go. And of course, when we first had John Lee on, it was talk about some of his productions over at AWA, which is where we got to know him. And you know, we're going to continue to read his stuff. He's got some more stuff coming elsewhere later on. But speaking of AWA, I know you stumbled across a little bit of news. It looks like Fremantle bought a minority stake in AWA to further develop AWA properties into shows and movies, um, which. For, for those who don't know Fremantle, you're not alone. Joe and I do not. But if you go and look at their site, there's some pretty big names that were on their list of uh, things that they've done. I can't say I saw any comic book or in, in, or knowingly any book related productions that they've done. They may have had just books that, that we don't know No, Joe and I wouldn't read. But there's some big like brands outside of that that they've done work on. So it seems like it's a great move. And I think you caught what the first one is on that's on their list.
1: Yeah, it looks like uh, Devils Highway is going to be their first AWA book that they're going to uh you yeah. know put on the docket. And we we already know that Chariot, right, is uh you know is in production and and I think um they got something else too as well. Oh,
0: I'm uh, so... M- uh, i Finnegan.
1: Yes, 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 yes. It's Marge Bob. Um yep. Marge Finnegan. Yep. So like AWA's they're, they're they're cooking with some gas here and I think that is something that they've wanted to you know do from the o- onset. Uh, of creating that studio so i'm glad that it's coming to fruition and and the wheels are moving there so i I look forward to seeing some of these properties on the big and or small screen
0: yeah i i I cannot wait this is i think this 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 should be a huge development for them in the end um but anyways we got to get moving on catching up because we've had so much news to uh to get to we're not even talking about the dc movies and and, uh, marvel movie trailers that we saw recently um so since we last convened of course we had a lot of books that came out last week that batman yeah, that um, that we both read I mean for me I, I'm not going to dig into them but Spy Superb issue 2 this is a three issue miniseries it could be something more if they want it to be second issue was awesome can't wait to talk about it on the show Monarch from friend of the show Rodney Barnes uh, first issue of that came out with Image this past week Promising Start and then Howard issue 1 from Boom Studios I have called dibs on that one um, yeah so- fuck
1: off on that one too by the way <laughs>
0: um you know what Joe you know you I, I'm not throwing you under the bus about you play like trying
1: to change the rules of these things yeah, I, I try and then so... I go and then I said stop being a pussy I caught the... myself I caught myself yeah, this is the thing I, I admitted hmm. you know that's the thing about us Nicholas hmm. right I know when I fucked up and I own it you hmm? you're a fucking snake wow you know you just lit a fire under my ass i think you just won too
0: many times i was like no fuck this good, um good. I'm, but the I'm one i did man when, out
1: of you before your wedding day the
0: one watched wow uh on valentine's day no less um uh, so the one i did want to touch on real quick and mention is uh batman beyond the white knight issue seven that had been out for a little mm. bit took took a little time for me to get around to that one um and the final issue of that one is out this week. There's been some other stuff that I'm reading too because we are trying to speaking of DC do other shit, but that's a conversation
1: for another day.
0: What have you been catching up on,
1: Joe? Uh so, I remember when I got this book in the Snyder Draft Barnstormers, it was the one I was sort of looking forward. I went I don't want to say looking forward to the least, but it wasn't like high on my list of books like I sure. was like, right um but I knew it was it was going to be something because it's Snyder and it's it's too a Mm. Right, who might be one of, like, her art, like, her comic book art, you could literally hang in a fine art museum. Mm. It is just that beautiful. It is, it is it is that good. And this has become, because uh, I was a little behind on it, this has become a really good fucking book mm. that took a bit of a turn that I didn't see coming. I go, oh, yes, that that's Scott. That's the Scott Snyder I know, right? Mm. Because we knew that Barnstormers was sort of a passion project, a, a period piece, if you will. Um, and it looked like it was going in a certain direction. And then boom, he adds that awesome, you know, Scott Satter flair to it. It takes a turn. You go, right. Well, yes. Oh, give it to me. <laughs> so like, I wasn't expecting that. Um, and, and, and so it, it, Barnstorm is excellent. That's, that's definitely a must nice. read. Um, uh, book of shadows, uh, know your station. This is the first issue I talked about when it came out and I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence. It was, it was really wordy with the narration and the, and I remember talking about, I didn't like, um, this is the one, one of those rare times where I really didn't like the lettering in the boxes and all the dialogue. It sort of took away, but it's grown on me and it's become a really good sort of murder mystery, um, kind of story. Um, this is a book real quick. Um, this is a book I, I just picked up because I like the cover. It was sort of like a, a red Sonia type, you know, Busty broad on the covers called Dawn Attack. I Said okay, I'll, why not? I'll give that a go. I've read the first two issues. That is fucking awesome. It's sort of like Star Wars meets Conan. Uh, you know, uh, Conan the Barbarian. Um, hmm. Excellent, excellent. Nice. Um, Once upon a time at the end of the world, issues one and two. That was been pretty good. Uh, and then I read. You know, I believe this is from Image, uh, or, or maybe it's Dark. I think it's Dark Horse actually. Space Job issue one, and I read this. And it's kind of got, I don't know if you're familiar with the Orville, which is sort of like a Star Trek spoof. Uh, It's done by um, uh, Scott McFarlane or Seth McFarlane family guy, Mm. um, which is a really great show. And it's a really good parody kind of spoof of that genre. So that this had this feeling, but this was so fucked up in like a weird way. Like what the fuck is going on here? This is, that's odd. Like you're, you're introduced to this character and he's a bumbling fucking idiot. And he's an arrogant fucking idiot, and you think he's going to be the main character, and then he just fucking randomly dies. And you're you're you with the ship with a bunch of fucking idiots, and it's just sort of like, um, um, what was that? What was that? A horror book I read. I'm like, I don't know why I'm reading it, but it, it, it's it's. Brilliant. Oh yeah, the um, it was an image one, right? Vinyl. Vinyl, yeah. It's 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 like that in the sense of like, why the fuck am I reading this? This is, I need to read the second issue. Is that weird and off the walls? Hmm. So that one just that way, I was like, What the? You know, I'm reading it and half chuckling and going, What the? What is it? But I'm like, Yeah, I kind of want to read that, kind of want to read more and see where it's going. So nice, yeah. nice.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, let's get to the new comics hitting shelves this week. Of course, we usually start with Marvel and take it away, Joe.
1: 20 fucking books, Nicholas. Ugh. 20. Uh, X Men 19, uh, Wolverine 30. Hulk twelve, which is no longer uh, being written by Donnie Cates, I believe it is Ryan Otley that has taken over. I saw that uh, in yeah, serious. Interesting. Um, Spider Man issue five, um, Fantastic Four issue four, Star Wars issue thirty one, Captain Marvel issue forty six, Marauders issue eleven, Star Wars Bounty Hunters issue thirty one. Um, did you call dibs on Nightcrawlers? Is that why it's red? It's part of no, I
0: didn't call dibs on it. It's just part of the. Um... What do you call it? The Sins of Sinister event.
1: Okay. So Nightcrawler's issue one. uh, Mary Jane Black Cat issue three. Avengers Forever issue 14. Invincible Iron Man issue three. Spider-Man The Lost Hunt issue four. Wasp issue two. Extreme X-Men issue three. Monica Rambeau Photon issue three. Murder World Moon Knight issue one. I'm assuming these are all just a bunch of one-offs with different characters. Yep. Um, Marvel voices Wakanda forever issue one Um, and then (laughs) Avengers end times Marvel tales issue one fucking fix it Marvel it's real simple Avengers end times issue one (laughs) right you can put Marvel tales on the you know across the top if you want but keep the fucking pick the title
0: yeah, it's uh, they're getting rather lengthy. Um, Night- Nightcrawlers is part part of Sins of Sinister*. I'm you know continuing to enjoy that event, but I did want to dig into Wolverine a little bit. Uh, of course, written by a friend of the show, Benjamin Percy, and we've talked about you know how he's so good at writing Wolverine, and that has not changed whatsoever. There is actually a series of panels a little bit later on in the issue, um, probably like the mid mid third of the issue, and it's it's just like. Wolverine is kind of like, you know, it, sometimes Wolverine can be a little bit funny, but like it's in a dark way and it's, yeah. it, but it's just a very small series of panels that I really enjoyed. Just like a quick moment um, that, that was really well done, but really what's, what we know was going on after issue 29, you, you've, you are not caught up, but you've read issue 29, right?
1: I haven't read it. Yeah. I, I, I'm dying to read this issue. Okay. Well, I
0: like, I don't want to spoil anything other than I like when we know beast is a problem we know correct. that is the case um We're s- seeing it in uh, some of the other x books as well as how i think it was either it's, i think it was a moral x-men too, where it pops up like how he's changed so much because of other relationships um i'll tell you what man like th- what benjamin percy has done with beast is kind of mind-blowing because we know he's already kind of turned into like a bad guy in a way but to see how he's twisted him um, I never expected that from Beasts. I never thought it would be a thing that I would need, but it's really well done. I've really enjoyed it so far. So it's, it's, a, I'm surprised by it. Um, pleasant, very, very much pleasantly, as much as Beast is becoming a bastard. Um, I'm here for it though. Like, I, it's like more of it, please. Like, I don't, I don't need him to go back to being a, a good guy as much as there was somewhat of a place. And I also was never really a big Beast fan. So that may be part of it, but I, I really like what's going on here, and uh, the ante is, has been upped um, after, the, after issue 30 for sure with, with Beast versus Wolverine. Can't wait. Can't yeah. wait. Awesome stuff. Now let's move over to DC. We mentioned Batman Beyond the White Knight issue 8 is out this week. It's the final issue of this series, um, but it is not the end of the Murphy verse. and we'll leave it at that. You guys will figure uh-huh. out once you read it. I haven't it. read it yet. So uh, Well, I'll tell you that. Um, Batgirls issue 15. Lazarus Planet Dark Fate Issue 1, Danger Street Issue 3, Batman Inc. Issue 5. I might try and catch up on that one because, I like, Ghostmaker's at the center of it. I want to read more of, of that character. It seems like things are getting pretty out of control over there. Um, Wildcats Issue 4. I've been reading that one. Batman The Adventure Continues Season 3 Issue 2, Batman Scooby-Doo Mysteries Issue 5, Batman Spawn Unplugged issue one, which I'm not entirely sure what the hell. So,
1: so I bought this. It's just, it's, it, it's the Batman um, Spawn book that came out a month ago or whatever. Right. It's all black and white and it, there's no words. It's just Capullo's art. Interesting. It's awesome. it's wow. I, I, I grabbed it because I go, oh, that's a pretty cool collector's piece.
0: Yeah, that, that yeah. definitely is. Um, Then you got I Am Batman 18. We are Batman 18 you are Batman 18 um but then lastly and most importantly the day has finally come the return of Swamp Thing Green Hell issue 2 now i 2 yeah, years no i think it's maybe not but obviously i remember seeing something surrounding this that like there was like a serious thing that happened i don't quite know i don't know what it was it's frankly it's none of our business um i assume that has nothing to do with like DC, like having their restructuring and then Swamp Thing being part of that first chapter. Cause if that's what it is, like that's not like that's like just tell us, like it had to do with that. Like if it's a serious thing, yeah, like it has to do with the creators or whatever, that's a totally different story. But we, we loved the first issue of this one. And, and now December,
1: we, got... December 28th, 2021 is when okay. the first book came out.
0: So it has been, so it's like, so it's a little over a year is what it's yeah. been. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, you know, again, we were like, we, at some point, like we, I remember, was this, no, that was a constant, that was a different Constantine book. Cause obviously Constantine Swamp thing kind of go hand in hand in that first issue. It's been, no, long I, enough. I,
1: I spoiled it for you immediately. Yes,
0: you did. Yes. <laughs> Real bastard. I was not, uh, I was not appreciative of that one, but been dying to get more yeah. of this. I mean, Lemire's writing this series and I'm just like, like what's going on? It has to be like something serious has to be going on here. Um, and that was the case. Again, don't know what it is. Not our business. But I, I I returned to this issue, Joe. Did you actually... Did you go back and read the first one ahead
1: of this? Uh, I did. I did. Okay. Yeah. And... Uh, well, because I had to. It's been too long, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had, had to go back and read this. And I mean, I loved it. I loved the first issue. And I love this issue. And I've admittedly never read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. But Swamp Thing has never really been a character I cared about, right? Right. It's kind of like... Um, he's sort of like DC's ghost writer to me, right? Like uh, a little scary um, as a kid. Uh was never my cup of tea. So I never read that. I would very much like to go back and read Alan Moore. I believe it was Alan Moore that wrote the, uh, wrote yep. Swamp Thing.
0: Scott did too. Um, Snyder. Yeah. And I think right? Ron
1: v, recent, most recently. So Ron V's, I did read that and that was, we've talked about Ron V love him as a writer, but it, you know, I think when it comes to his stuff, it's, it's either you love it. Or it's not your cup of tea, and his Swamp Thing, because uh, because Rom can get very very heady, very meta, uh, which works with a lot of things, um, didn't necessarily work for me in Swamp Thing, mm. but this okay. does. Lemire does. He's yeah. made me care about this character.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's been really like, and I so I didn't go back. And re-read it. So if you haven't necessarily, if you don't, if you haven't done that, you don't, you could get away with it and still be fine. As long as you remember the general premise, remember, you know, Costine was thrown in the mix later on in the issue. It's been a year, so we're not spoiling things at this point. The artist on this too is Doug Mankey, I believe is how you pronounce the last name, but really good return to the series. Now I, this is a, this is a black label thing. So this is limited. I'm assuming it's three issues. I feel like was what it was when it was announced. Um, but uh I, I the action in here is good um you know constantine being in the mix and, and kind of throwing things off is always you know always interesting there's another character there's a couple characters actually mm. that, that that are thrown into the mix one who we're familiar with one who i really i, I can't recall this character ever being mentioned before but um, we'll see how that individual's um, presence, you know, kind of throws things off going forward, but I- I've liked this, and um, Swamp Thing is something that we need to talk about addressing in some capacity. Moving one forward. of us we'll-
1: needs to read one of those books, right? Yeah. And, we'll sort uh, that out at some point yeah. off air. And I just love, like, because it's an older Constantine, and I just love that everyone fucking hates him. It's great.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and that's, that is the way that Constantine should be. Everybody hates him. Swamp Thing hates him as much as anybody, and I would love it if this spawn like a old man constantine book that'd be great oh Oh my god i mean you you're printing i i feel like you're printing money i mean i don't understand it why constantine is just he always seems underutilized but maybe it's because he only has such a so much of an audience um but anyways uh let's move over to image got some big ones over there uh kick us off
1: all right so with image we have eight billion genies uh gunslinger spawn 17 What's the furthest place from here? Issue 11. I Hate Fairyland. Issue 4. Nightclub. Issue 3, which I've been reading and is excellent. Image! (laughs) Number 10. Uh, Art Brute. Issue 3. Kaya. Issue 5. The Last Barbarians. Issue 1, which I read. Fantastic. Um, Hexware. Issue 3. You have Torrent. Number 1 in red. I also read that. I don't remember you calling dibs. No, I didn't. Uh,
0: Did you call dibs on Last Barbarians?
1: no, did you no, no.
0: i didn't because i read it and i didn't, I was like i don't think either of us this is what no. happens when we freaking like don't do a solicit because now know. We, we've had this multiple times this month where we're like uh did you call dibs or did i call dibs like i don't know <laughs> and it's not on the checklist that we have so no i didn't call dibs on either one of these and quite frankly i was like last barbarians was like all right um yeah. i didn't i didn't i don't really... know why
1: it's purple did you highlight it purple I did, did yeah. After the fact,
0: yeah, you did it, okay. and then I added because you didn't know that I had done it. Oh, uh, credit. Gotcha, gotcha. And then torrent, I was like, hey. so I didn't. That one didn't do much for me either.
1: So torrent did do a little something for me. Okay, I'll I'll stay off then if you want to. Well, it's got next issue right because I was like for two thirds of the book, I was like, hmm, probably not my cup of tea. Right? Mm-hmm. It felt, it felt a little. It wasn't for me, but then the end. Oh fuck! Yeah. yeah the okay. Was good. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. I'll read the second issue. So it's like borderline dibs. Okay. Borderline. Well, no,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna lay off it because I was like I wasn't yeah. like I'm not gonna go and give the second issue a shot. It's just like I felt like we hadn't done you or I haven't done a, or at least I hadn't done a, a random like image one in a while. It just
1: feels like yeah, a that's lot how I felt. And that's why I wanted to read both of these. There we go. Yeah.
0: yeah Cause we just, right? well, we've had so many that like get like, we, we, we know the creator already, like just knowing the name Then we have somewhere. It's like a creator comes on the show. So we're giving it a look. So there's like a lot of that, right. but like, you look at some of these other names on here. Like, I think I read the first issue of least we can do, but that was, you know, six months ago that started three keys. Yeah. Neither of us gave a look art Brute, Neither of us gave a look. Kaya, right. you didn't give a look, right? No, nope. so yeah, so these are the ones that like ne- neither of us have um have gone in on. By the way, but there's one other book too, obviously, that um we want to, we want to dig in on. But before we do that, gunslinger spawn issue 17. Have you read
1: this? No, don't spoil okay. it. <laughs> I am not going to spoil anything, <laughs> but
0: I need to say Gunslinger Spawn 17 has a spread in there that introduces what I gotta imagine. When it was drawn by Brett Booth, and when, T- and when Todd came up with his head, whoever did it first, they thought this is going to be another action figure. Like, oh, can't 100%. wait. 100%. percent can And I wait. would absolutely pick this thing up. I, I have to. Like, it-, it's- it was so fucking cool. Like, I, I- Lauren, who doesn't know anything about this title, she knows Spawn, but, like, doesn't know anything about Gunslinger Spawn other than the figure that I have, I, I had to show her it. Like, this is amazing. Um, no, and even right. she was impressed by it. So, like it's it, it was it's so it's so fucking cool. Um, you 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 gotta tell me when you'll know when you see it. You gotta tell me when you read this thing. Yeah, we um, will do because I, I I was blown away by it. But anyways, uh the book that we wanted to dig into a little bit, I was worried that this was the final uh issue of this because we saw someone on like on um twitter tweet out like oh is this is this is De- dead lucky issue six is that the final issue of it which melissa flores friend of the show did clear up that this is not the case and when you read it it is very much not the case that this is the final issue of the dead lucky because now again not getting into specifics of the details but it's going to be a, a totally different approach for this character moving forward and i for one am very excited to see how she handles it because i really don't know how it's going to look for her
1: yeah yeah this you know, it was, it was a hell of a way to, to end the arc. Right. Right. This is Mm -hmm. the last book of the arc. Right. Yep. Yeah. And like, I didn't see it coming, which is what I've loved about this book. You know, the most is that like, it hasn't been predictable. Like, yeah, you know, the two factions are going to come to a head, but there's been some great okie dokes and and some great things that have happened in between. And so what it's set up to become, um, is excellent. I think we'll see. I think it's at, at the end, right? It's setting up uh, supermassive two, which we talked, you know, talked a little bit about with Michael um, uh, yep. uh, So, it's, like I said, there's a lot of really great stuff coming up, and this has been, you know, I think for me, if I were to rank my massive verse books it'd be rogues on dead lucky radiant black and then you know kind As of well, yeah you know, and take it from there so to speak so yeah I love, I love everything about it the art the art continues to be fantastic the storytelling is uh, fantastic it's just this is an awesome awesome book
0: the action so i'm really excited for the next the second arc of bb's story i really think like this is going to put her in like a less i mean maybe it's a more comfortable spot for her maybe it's less comfortable i don't know i mean the nature of it is not a comfortable situation um but i'm i'm really excited you know she and, and for that um shift being in the mix again like has potential to be in it more down the line i love that character i love his look um he's just a real bastard but then again he's got other stuff going on too um which i'm wondering if we're going to get answers because we're seeing him pop up everywhere timeline wise like is he like how much is he actually shifting or is there maybe multiple shifts um, in right. the mix? But the other thing is too, that I wanted to know, like, you know, we talk about like, awesome covers on here. Um, quite, not, not a whole hell of a lot, but like we, we, we mentioned a little bit, but I just got to say the the cover a, by French Carl, Carl Mongo. I, I love just like every, like the whole thing itself is cool, but just like that action shot of baby to me is so damn cool. Like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is. If it's the line, if it's the pose. I I think the gun fits the look of the character so well too. Just everything about her. Like in that shot. Like there've been like quite a few awesome covers for the Dead Lucky already. But I think this one has to be my favorite one to this point. But yeah, just to you know, the, you know, I don't know when the collect edition is coming out. We'll, we'll probably let you guys know when that. As long as we know, we'll let you know. Um, but really awesome stuff. And yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm with you in in the the order of the things but all the first stuff has been a lot of fun
1: yeah it really has
0: <clears throat> all right then we go to oh let's go to awa um there's only one book as usual from them out this week it is a book that you have called dibs on trojan
1: issue two okay my pen just died one second trojan, that's good issue two yeah, good man i, I thought I... you were
0: writing on an ipad these days i am
1: talking? well the stylus is gonna be fucking charged dipshit oh well okay. who's you're calling me
0: the dipshit and you're a pen died for the yeah. one time a week that you actually need that thing
1: <laughs> hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah yeah hmm. anyways yeah what
0: was that about you admitting when you do stuff wrong again what was that no yeah. i'll
1: blame my child for this one I'm, i will throw her <laughs> under the bus
0: <laughs> okay tell me about trojan please
1: Yes. <laughs> so uh, I remember talking about issue one when he when it came out, and it was like you read it immediately. You know, dibs, right? You call dibs. You you know it. You did it with black tape, you snake. Sure. Um, and, and so it's dealing with you know this world where you, it's a lot of dark web, a lot of weird fucking shit there. Um, and it's, a it, it revolves around, you know, these two factions of people you've got, you know, sort of these, these humans, and then you've got, you know, um, these group of, of, of beings that they're, they're known as, as phase, um, or as they refer to themselves as legends and they're, you know, they're hybrids. They're, they're, they're half human, half fairy, half troll, half you know, whatever. And they are. Being oppressed, they are being hunted. They are, they are, they are, They do not belong in this particular society. Mm. And we're introduced to a character, and 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 she's trying to, you know, save her people, save the people that you know that that you know that she belongs to. And we get that reveal at the end of the first book, and so we get a lot of, you know, a lot of exposition in issue two, sort of describing, you know, the characters, as really like what she's fighting for. And why she's fighting, and you know why she's okay to die for the cause, because you know, just the, the, it's what all oppressed people, right, uh, you know, mm-hmm. fight for, right, is 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 acceptance, right, and and you know the, this this book is great because you know it 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 gets a little dark, but then like we got a really great twist at the end of the first, or a big reveal, I should say, at the end of the first issue but the reveal and the twist that we get the end of the second issue was fucking bananas. And really? you want to talk about not seeing coming and you want to talk about going, Holy fucking shit.
0: Hmm.
1: What? Yes. Yes. Right. Like this is what a W a does. They just, they just, they, 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 it's just pure, great, awesome storytelling. you know, you know, book in and book out. You know, nine times out of ten, Nicholas, I am so engrossed. You know, in the storytelling from these writers, um, and and uh, uh, who is it doing? Is it Peter Milligan that's doing uh, a Trojan? No, is it Sorry, Jesus Christ, Joseph. Yes, Daniel Cross. Yeah. He is so good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, at writing comic books. Thank you, fucking a Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I hope he sees this. And I yeah well i mean I I, I I do feel terrible awful you should you should feel terrible <laughs> i should i should have known that it's, it's it's been a while since we've done the show nicholas mm. oh you're right well. you get that rusty that easy wow Jeez, i get rusty know. i get rusty real easy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a joke in there if you're smart enough to pick it up hmm. uh <laughs> but anyways kind of day um yeah uh we're getting a little blue here on the show but uh no trojan is absolutely fantastic the art is tremendous um i can't recommend this enough i can't wait to talk about it in more detail on the show um but this like the ending of this book again just made my fucking jaw drop
0: Nice, nice. I am excited to hear about that. Maybe we can talk to Daniel Cross at some point uh, down the line. I'm going to go through all these other titles that we have before we get to the last one, because I know there's one other book you want to dig into before we get to the books we want to break down. From Dark Horse, we've got Masters of the Universe, Masterverse, issue one. So that's He-Man stuff for those uh, interested. Resident Alien, The Book of Love, issue four. And White Savior, issue two. IDW, we got TMNT 137, TMNT, The Armageddon Game, Issue 5, Star Trek Resurgence, Issue 4, from Skybound, of course, Prince Through Image, The Walking Dead Deluxe, Issue 57, Vault, from Friend of the Show, Cullen Bunn, Joe is reading this as well, he has dibs on it, Door by Door, Night by Night, Issue 3, talk about a book that I can't wait to uh, hear you talk about so I can read it. Dynamite, we got Red Sonja, Hell Sonja, Issue 35. Aftershock, A Foulness in the Walls, Issue 1, which I believe is a one shot from Cullen Bunn. Uh, didn't realize it was a one-shot when I called dibs on it, but, um, you know, whatever. So I guess the dibs doesn't really matter anymore because those are 48 pages. It doesn't really, You can't really do a full episode on that. Comixology, Retroverse, Issue 3. Frank Miller Presents, Ronan, Book 2, Issue 2, And then Frank Miller's Pandora issue two from Malar World, of course, prints through image Uh, Nemesis Reloaded issue two. I talked about Nemesis a little while back on the show. You can read the first volume on uh, Hoopla if you want to source point press. You got Nightwalkers issue two. Good Boy, the Prodigal Son issue four and Zombicide Day one issue two. And then, Joe, we get to Boom. There is a book that you want to dig into, and I'll let you in a second. But first, we have House of Slaughter, issue 12. Of course, you're reading all things from the Slaughterverse. Um, The Vampire Slayer, issue 11. Eve, Children of the Moon, issue 5. And then Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, issue 1 of 5. From Friend of the Show, Melissa Flores. Continue to enjoy that series. We also have Grimm, issue 8, which may come up again in a short moment. And there's also a trade paperback that's hitting shelves this week that I may or may not be talking about shortly odd on the timing did not do it on purpose, but here we are. Um, But then Joe, you have one more book that you want to talk about.
1: Yeah. Mosley issue two. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, This is sort of, again, another, (sighs) again, I don't want to call it dystopian future, but it's a future where the fucking robots um, are, you know, have sort of casually taken over and have convinced people um that they are you know bettering society for them uh, while at the same time you just they've just created a bunch of junkies uh, addicted to power and um um enhancements mm-hmm. and you've got you know you've got a great father dynamic uh father-daughter dynamic that's happening oh. uh in, in this book um and you know you've got you know you, you've got the main character mosley who is um who is you know, again. Uh, he, he, is, he, he is fighting for what's right, he wants to take down the fucking robots, which I will always fully endorse. Mm-hmm. Um, great book, great art. Can't talk, can't wait to talk about it again. Really fantastic.
0: I heard about this in an uh, interview on another podcast, and I uh, heard of the, uh, the creator, I believe, is the creator of Farmhand, which you need to talk about in the show. Uh,
1: yep, um, yeah, also uh, Rob, Rob Gilroy.
0: There you go, yes, Chew as well, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, man, I, um, I heard about that and I texted you. And I was like, did you call dibs on this? Because I was like, I'm really hoping he didn't because I will call dibs on this so fast. It sounds so good. It um, is. So I, I am quite jealous. But Joe, another book that I was jealous of that you called dibs on, which, which was before this turned really into a bit of a war between the two of us. I think it's just before that is Grim, which is the book that you want to dig into today.
1: Yeah, so Grim Issue 8 drops today, and this is another one of those books you read the first issue and you go, yep, dibs. I mean, boom, number one, you read it. There's a good chance Mm -hmm. someone's calling dibs on it. Mm -hmm. Um, This was written by Stephanie Phillips, um, with art by Flaviano um, Armentaro, uh, colorist Rico Renzi. Brilliant, brilliant coloring, mind you. Um, And um, equally matched with the lettering um, by Tom uh, Napolitano. Uh, some really interesting uh, and really great lettering here. So like all around, like, you know, soup to nuts, this book is, this is a well-conceived, well thought out, well, you know, put together book nice. um, synopsis. Jessica Harrow is dead, but her journey has only just begun. Discover the world of the afterlife where Jessica has been recruited as a Reaper tasked with ferrying countless souls to their final destination. But unlike the rest of the reapers, she has no memory of who killed, of what killed her and put her in this predicament in order to unravel the mystery of her own demise she'll have to solve an even bigger one where is the actual grim reaper uh Ooh. so i just i just thought that was a great premise for a book right and uh, for for a story and the fact that you've got you know this you know this army of minions of grim reapers right makes fucking sense like even a fucking little kid knows like how can santa be everywhere at once right? He's one person, right? Like how many people die on a daily basis? How can the fucking Grim Reaper, you know, you know, take all those souls all at once, right? It makes sense, right? You got a shopping mall army full of fucking Grim Reapers out there just doing the job for the big. He's delegated. It's, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> uh, so it's currently, as I mentioned before, it's eight issues and it's an ongoing series, which I initially thought was a limited series, which to me makes a little bit more sense. I mean, I love that we've already gotten the first arc, uh, which has been collected uh, as a trade paperback and contains issues one through five. Uh, But I feel like this definitely has a finite... This is a finite story. Like, I don't know. Like, this isn't something, like, where I think, like, the world of die, you could come back and revisit and tell another story, maybe with another group of characters or the same thing with... um, um, once in future for example right mm-hmm. like for me like this story feels like it, there should be a finite ending right uh, but we'll see right but it is ongoing um you can collect the first trade paperback as i just mentioned um but i just i just love the, this this idea and and right off the bat you know i love the way this book starts um because you just see you see a guy sort of crawling away from what looks like a really bad car accident and then that's when we get introduced to to Jessica Harrow who just looks like a normal, you know, a normal person, right? Kind of, you know, punk mm-hmm. gothic kind of look to her. Um Goodness. and she 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 informs the guy that he's dead and he's like, "What?" She's like, "Yeah." And then you look back and you see like the guy like he's clearly dead in the car, uh-huh. but it was just the way like that decision that was made that you don't see the dead body right away. You see this person crawling away because it's it's very much conceivable that someone could walk away from a crash like that. And he's like, no, no, you're dead. Um, and he refuses to believe it. And, you know, for the first several pages of of the book, we get this great back and forth between these two characters. Because the guy that was in the accident. He's a little fucking obnoxious. So he never shuts up. Um, but he like his, his, his like staunch refusal to believe that he's dead. Um, and, you know, she takes him. they go on a boat, they go through a literal river of sticks to kind of get to, you know, the afterlife. So there's,
0: you mean like sticks, like, you mean like the normal river of sticks or actual sticks?
1: Well, so he goes, this is the literal liver river of sticks, right? Cause the way that the artist drew it, it looks like they're on a boat going through a river of sticks. Oh, which huh, I just okay. thought, I thought was a really cool, like yeah. choice. Like that, that's some of the, 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 you get a little bit of humor in here like that. And, and that, that's one of them, right. Just sort of like that literal interpretation of like the river yeah. of sticks. Right. Um, but we get our inter- introduction to her right off the bat, and and it's very interesting. And and as it mentioned in the in the synopsis, like Jessica Harrow doesn't know how she died, and it's it's a simple thing at first, where the guy's like, "Well, I'm dead. How did you become a reaper? How did you die?" And she gets like really mad. She's like, "I don't know." And he's like, "How do you not know how you died?" She's like, "I literally don't know." And this just sort of starts like this sort of you know uh domino effect of, of, of storytelling um and so you know they, they get to the afterlife which is, is another great little joke here where you know the the grim reapers they collect the souls they bring them to the afterlife so they 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 haven't gone to heaven or hell yet they're in a literal waiting room and the guy says it huh. he goes the afterlife, it's just a fucking waiting room? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah. So you just see, like, all these Grim Reapers walking around and all these, you know, souls of just regular people just walking around ready to, you know, you know, go to, you know, go up or down, you know, um, essentially. And what happens here is that, again, he just refuses to die. He thinks he can escape death. Uh, and he steals Jessica's, I can never pronounce this fucking word, Scythe, Sith, whatever it's called, the thing uh, the that you... Scythe, right uh, That's a very important thing for Reaper. You, you 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 lose that. you have someone steal that, you know uh, It's like losing your lightsaber. that's bad juju. you don't let that happen. Mm-hmm. So so Jessica and a, we introduced a couple of her friends Marcel and Eddie. Um, they follow this guy. they chase this guy. they go back into the real world. Um, and, they, and they and they catch up with him. but the thing is they're all dead so they, they can't actually interact with anything in the real world. Okay. And so she's like, all right, come on, you can dip shit. You can't escape death. Uh, and then she gets grabbed by a police officer. She makes physical contact with someone in the real world. And this just sets off, this is the shitstorm that gets set off from here on out that sets up the first arc. Hmm. You know, so we've got, you know, who really is Jessica Harrow? How did she die? How is she able to interact? Um, You know in the real world this is where we find out that death is missing and death being gone is a big deal because now there's this massive imbalance because there's no one to really regulate you know, uh, you know, dead people have to have to come to the afterlife they have to, you know, they have to get sorted out and that's not that can't happen with death being dead. And so. The, that that concept I thought was was really awesome to kind of think about and, and, and to read about. and we get really great character development here. You know, we meet a couple other characters along the way. And one of the things I love about this this first issue, about this first arc, about the story in general is that when you think of the Grim Reaper, when you think of death, it's he's always associated as a bad guy. He's drawn that way. You know, the the you goes back as early as fucking Charles Dickens, right? And the ghost of Christmas Future, right? Like, you know, uh it, it is a scary, morbid thing, right? But if you think about it, you know, we all die. Death is inevitable. Wait, what? Why the hell does he have to be a bad guy? Mm-hmm. He's just doing his fucking job, right? Mm-hmm. You know. You know like yeah,
0: i mean look at uh, uh what was it sandman right she was just yeah. like, doing her job god that was such an interesting yeah. version of death
1: too right so so i i love that idea that like the grim reaper is just a fucking bureaucrat he's just a dude doing his job he's a fucking politician you know looking you know in oh, charge of the afterlife is he,
0: right is he really doing his job then
1: well <laughs> sorry It's a different podcast yeah uh yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what you guys talk about, a pineapple boys, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, rhinos. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> but but I, I love that concept. Like, oh, yeah, he's he's just like he's just he's there to, to make sure that there's balance, that the living world. And the, the dying world, you know, stay in this sort of equilibrium. And that now that he's gone, there's there's chaos that's mm-hmm. going to erupt. There's there's a, there's a a power struggle. It's now happening, you know, in, in, in the afterlife. And Jessica Harrow is somehow, you know, mixed up in all of that. And you don't know early on. And it's that unraveling of who she really is, uh, you know, what her role is in this story. Um, and then as we jump into the second arc, just how fucking crazy and nuts that it gets, like, it's it's so it's so well done. I think uh, I this is my first time reading Stephanie Phillips, and I love her writing. Um, and you know, Flaviano's art is fantastic. Enrico Renzi's color, everything about, like I said, soup to nuts. Everything about this book is just exceptionally, you know, you know, well done. And so, you know, the, one of the things that she does in this book, too, at least that she does it in the first arc, is that. in in the issues, the the use of song lyrics, uh, the doors, the end, for example. Um, This is where the artist and the letterer really, really shine here um, because she's using the lyrics of of that song to help kind of tell the story of what's going on. Mm. And even some of the characters are like, you know, using the quotes, but it's sort of like just woven and feathered in. Just sort of like if you were to like close your eyes and imagine like like, like musical notes just sort of floating through the air, that's Mm -hmm. sort of what's going on with the lyrics here, and it plays such a perfect part um, of the story. Whether it's the Doors or you know it's you know Bowie or the Stones or or whatever, because one of the characters Eddie, he's he's a reaper, he's a rock guy, right? He's like a seventies rock guy, and I just I just thought that was unique, and I thought that was really well done. You know, and I enjoyed that, and I think I think they get away from that in the second arc because the second arc really um, gets more into full-on war mode. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we get a lot of that that build up, you know, and a lot of great reveals and twists and turns happen throughout these first five issues. The pacing um, is great, um, and like I said, Flaviano's art is fantastic. But I do feel like there's a finite, like you know. Mm -hmm. finite like storytelling here like you can only go so far like i don't want this to go i don't know if i want this to go on for 20 30 issues sure i don't know how it could i i i'm sure i'll be dumbfounded i said that about you know once in future but like this feels a little bit more like give me just a nice tight story here right right um so some of the characters as i mentioned jessica harrow she's your main character she's a reaper uh she's a badass um but there's more to her right mm-hmm. and, and, and you find that out there's um a- a- adria uh who's sort of like you know middle management you know she's like the you know one step down from death um and mm-hmm. uh a steward of the afterlife if you will and she's very sus mm-hmm. right you just get you get some very sus vibes from her early on and her uh-huh. her character arc you know through the through the first few issues alone let alone the first arc and, and into the second um gets gets really freaking good Uh, and then you have death and one of the things I love about death um, as a character I'm not spoiling anything but when you when you get to meet him it's it's fucking awesome Mm. Um, and then Eddie and Marcel those are sort of you know two of Jessica's friends that are along with her you know for this journey Um, so this this is a great book I wouldn't necessarily call it horror Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it fantasy I don't know what I'd really call it other than it's really fucking good
0: this sounds like this is. Would you call it like the horror Jason that sometimes I kind of like to label things?
1: Yeah, because it's got. I mean, it's got some. It's got some horror elements to it for sure, right? Mm-hmm. But but it's not scary. The, I mean, there's like no, it's not scary like sink, right? I'm there was never a point where I felt like oh, I got to read this during the day or I got you know, to right. you know I got to put it down. But like, it's got some good imagery. It's got it's got some right. great, great no, skull then- reaper kind of you know imagery to it but no this is not like red fork or sink or i don't know
0: what the proper term is for that i just call it horror adjacent now where it's got like this like scary elements to it but it is not actually scary like yeah it's just a good fucking book yeah maybe maybe yeah metal is the proper term for it and that's that's like the, the, either way, like I knew when I first saw like the synopsis for this, you called dibs on it right away. Um, Like before we saw a single page of this, if I'm not mistaken. And I was just like, fuck, like this <laughs> sounds like this is my kind of book. And I am not happy that Joe, if you've st- you stole it fair and square. But again, you, I you can this, read
1: it now. It's great. Yes,
0: I'm going to like this is going to move to the top of my pile. Like I'm not, I'm not kidding. I've been dying for us to do this episode um because this is it just sounds so fucking awesome. I think this is seriously.
1: a book I think Lauren would like as well. Okay.
0: I just, like this. And this sounds like it, it would be, I mean, I know you're saying like, have it be finite so it can be like probably more likely to be a movie, but it sounds like you could probably do a show with this too. Um, Just based well, on like, yeah, there, there's
1: like I said, like there there's, uh, you know, it's ongoing. And like I said, for me, it feels like it should be finite, but that's my idiot brain telling me what I think it should be. Uh, but there is They're potential right uh <laughs> you always say it when there. you are right i do uh but there's potential there like you could make a tv show as you could make a kick-ass movie out of this you could mm-hmm. you know because you know but for like this particular character like i said i feel the story like like 12 issues mm-hmm. 18 issues like something like that like with, mm-hmm. but who knows who knows yeah. I, I, I like i like lot
0: i like i like you're not you are not often wrong don't say that but three arcs i always like i think that's a really like When we're talking about like all this stuff now where it's limited se- like series and whatnot um i know there are plenty of good one arc stories um and there are plenty of good two, but i feel like three is a really nice yeah. like, realm to, to work in because you're I'd able agree. to get to know some of the characters more um and kind of go from there but i i i love the sound of this book like I, I just i cannot wait to to pick this one up and uh and get moving on it. So I'm going to grab that trade. I think I picked up the first issue. I picked up one because there was a cover that I thought was really cool, but um, I am definitely going to grab the the first volume of this and then um, and get moving. I mean, issue eight of is, this is out this week. As is, Joe, the book that I am planning on talking about, which I actually unknowingly stole from you, which, I mean, it does make sense that you'd want it because it is a boom book, uh, all boom episode, Alice Ever After, uh, written by Dan Panosian, who who we, we've been talking about with Canary a ton. Of course, he's writing black tape right now. Um, love love his work. So when I first started doing this, though, I think we had seen some Dan Panosian stuff, but not quite as much. I'm not certain. But either way, like, this was like my first – I was reading this not realizing it was necessarily like Dan and the artist of Canary, and then, of course, black tape stuff came later. Um, then we got the artist on this. Panosian does do artwork in this when this story takes place in Wonderland. Um, the artist, when they're in London, is Giorgio Spilett with Cyril Glerum as uh, doing assists on, on that artwork in London. The colorist is Fabiana McCullough, and then the letterer is Jeff Eckleberry. So this is a five-issue series like I said, the trade paperback hits shelves this week. Panosian, I guess, created this series. And this is, to actually go through the synopsis, because it kind of covers it there, Alice first visited Wonderland as a child. Now an adult, it's her only escape from her cold, strange reality. But to go back, Alice needs something stronger than mushrooms. After continuing down a terrible path, Alice is committed to the dreaded asylum. Will Alice ultimately escape from her uncaring family and childhood trauma with in Wonderland or face her demons in reality? Um, so actually, you talk about like where, where we try and address things in the first issue, like the asylum stuff that happens in the first issue. It's a pretty significant development um, in that first issue. But as we get to know the character pretty quickly, it's like, OK, so th- this is a, this is a sequel to Alice in Wonderland, clearly acknowledged in the synopsis. Um, but as we get to know her, like there's this. I, I remember seeing the the synopsis for this when this was announced and how we we're interested in. It, and I think I called dibs on it before I read a single page of this. Um, like I we'd seen like Alice in Wonderland. Like this is I think a pretty long thought theory. Like it, that it's about drug use in some capacity that story um and and to what end i i never really like needed to know much more because like it's about hallucinogenics or whatever so okay but i think here where like we see heroin is a drug that's used like at the hospital like it is like like i didn't realize that was did you know that heroin was apparently used for like colds and shit at one time like that's (laughs) it's like Have have
1: you ever seen a man with a cold yeah, if I if I was a wife, I'd give him heroin too just to shove him the fuck up.
0: Wow, is that what is that is that what Meg does with you? Because I swear to God, you're fucking sick here every other week. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, strongest it, so, bull. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's this. So this is about that, and she, like this is about like her abusing drugs to get away from everything that's going on around her. And it's funny because I was going back and rereading this like I read it, you know, month to month, um, you know, as this was ongoing. But when looking back at this in in the trade form, seeing some of the stuff in the first issue and knowing what happens later on, it's like, you know, they 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 planted seeds that I kind of didn't catch at first just because they kind of happened so quickly in the course of it. Because what I was more caught up in is like where we see the parallels drawn from Wonderland to reality and like the the kind of the um the vibe of the entire story because like it's in like an older england kind of era and um and things are just like they're, they're a little wacky but at the same time there's also there's a groundedness to it and it's funny so like uh, Spilet and Panosian have a similar art style there is definitely a difference i feel like the colors is actually where like it where it brings some of the differences out um more so like cuz i feel like dan's line like line work is a little bit um, is a little bit sharper, maybe a little more pronounced, I guess is, is probably the, the, the better word, but that, that wonderland stuff has very much a harsher vibe to it, but that's because the colors that, that uh, Fabiana McCullough uses are are much more faded. Um, so it, it, it's clear like there's like, you're in a different space, but see, like, again, like not realizing at the time that Panosian was doing the, some of the artwork here, just because sometimes I forget or whatever. Like, it's oh, I see very much how, like, you know, you go to Canary to this with the line work and everything. Yes, there are some differences because it's a different world and everything, but I, I see similarities, um, in some of the edging and whatnot. But I, I um, I, I really like the artwork here, it's a lot lighter um in in the london times with the coloring and everything um and i feel like the line work is a little bit more so too there as well as for you know i'm bouncing around here with all talking about the larger stuff but the characters um in the, that are in the mixture so we have alice lutwich of course alice um and what's interesting is where we talk about narration and I, you know i can be very critical of how narration is used in a story um you know so you know Third-person narration in comics—not always a big fan of that. Um, you know, internal monologues can be interesting. It depends on the story that you're doing, and it has, again, has to be used in the right manner. Um, don't mind when when you bounce around from character to character either, because I know, like we see it in *Philadelphia*, and uh, they've actually used the internal monologue really well recently um, over this past arc. But uh, what's done here is we have Kitty and Snowdrop, who are Alice's cats, who like in the first issue you see a little bit and then you, I don't remember when else you actually see them in the course of the whole story, but they, they are like color commentators for the entire series. Um, And again, they're kind of like soft and whimsical and everything like that. And I really like um, what they did there. Like I just, I never, I don't know where else we've seen that probably have somewhere, but it was just um, using characters that like, they're there, you know who they are pretty much off the rip, even though, like if you don't like you don't need to know much about them otherwise. that they're Alice's cats. Um, it's it adds an odd element to it. But again, this whole thing is very trippy. That if I was to describe this book in one word, absolutely, that would be it. Um, you get Doctor Lutwidge, who is Alice's father. He's the royal dentist, and there's a lot that uh, that you learn about this character. In the course of things, um, I would just there's a seed that is planted with him, a couple seeds planted with him early in the first issue. I would pay attention to those and then and then go forward from there. There's Lorena Lutwidge, um, who is the mean sister of Alice, there's Edith Lutwidge, who's the nice sister, Morton, who's a janitor at the um the asylum, who is actually also Alice's drug dealer, then there's Earl Proud, who is like this. I don't know if he's a noble, like of royal blood or anything, but he's like definitely like a high society kind of guy who is, you know, who seems to have somewhat of a thing for Alice. The family knows him and, and the which isn't like him quite a bit. And then in the course of this, all I kind of mentioned this before. You see several characters, uh, some who are bigger players than others thrown into the mix throughout the course of the story that like, okay, that person is like, fr- like, we may not see them in Wonderland here, but like, that's a Wonderland char- inspired character. Um, and it's, just, and it's really interesting what they do. And, and again, it's like, it's, it's a commentary on, it's it's like a, it's, it's a dark story. But not to the point where it's like it's not certainly not horror. I wouldn't call it depressing, but it is like talking about trauma and about drug addiction and you know some of the shit that was used back in the day that shouldn't have been prescribed to patients. Um, so there's there's a lot going on here, on there, and um, and it's just and again it's like if you want if you want something like offbeat and weird, like the, Alice Ever After is absolutely going to be that thing for you. So um, and to have it be like a sequel. Too, you know, the children's story. Like, hey, like, there's a connective line there with the drug use and everything. But it's, um, it. I, I think it's kind of funny
1: too. I can't, I can't remember the, the the author for Alice in Wonderland off the top of my head. Uh, but he was a weirdo. Okay, he, he, there was there, uh, some some skeletons in that closet there. Oh, um, of course there were. I didn't right. know that, but but I I remember way back when when we did the solicit and uh, we read this the synopsis that we did you know for this particular book and. Uh, we both like earmarked this. So that sounds really fucking good. And mm. It sounds really unique. It sounds really interesting. And um, you, you, you know, you you snagged dibs on it, um, which is a bummer because I remember really wanting to read it at the time. But that's that's the beauty of the show, Nicholas. Right, mm-hmm. is that it gives us a chance to talk about these books. And I love that we're talking about these two books. I think we had planned this out several months ago that we would talk about Grimm. and yes um alice ever after on um on valentine's day i love i love trying to do that um
0: i didn't but- i don't remember us doing it on valentine's Day. i remember saying we're going to do
1: it on the same day that i valentine's think i had day i was- think i had jokingly said we should do it on valentine's day not uh-huh. exactly knowing when valentine's day was but maybe that week sort of thing mm. um love it when a plan comes together mm-hmm. um but th- I, I i do want to read that book very much because that sounds offbeat and fun and I, I imagine the pacing on it is pretty good. Like you, yeah. you got through it pretty quickly. Yeah, no, I mean,
0: that was, it was an easy read every, every week. I mean, again, like it's not, um, it's not great. It's not dense in the terms of the the narration. Like every bit of narration is like a little like side, like quip thing. Um, and it's, it, you know what, the other thing is too, you probably could have done without the narration from a t- storytelling standpoint, but I never felt like it was in the way. So I yeah. think that's, that's, pr- that, that says, you know, quite a bit about that's, that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's you got like I will say like you gotta pay attention because like I I know that like oh you gotta deal with anything you're reading but this book can get like out there and like pull you in different directions and it's like what the fuck is going on and you feel like you're Alice by the end of all this Um, and the ending too like the 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 plane landed nice uh is nice even the right word there I don't even want to go there but the plane landed I I will I will put it at that. but yeah, you got you gotta like stay locked in because um, just there are times where you can get lost in it because it's it's very like it, it feels all over the place as much as when I look back at it now, knowing what goes on, it's all like it's all right there. It's just the drug use can in in the changing and, and not knowing what Alice is right about and everything or, or believes and perceives. It's just it's a lot. So um, so yeah, it's so when you talk about from pacing standpoint, yes, it um, it was well done, but it's. Like, it makes sense for the story that, like, you have to go back here and there occasionally.
1: Love it. And and for for you and for those interested, uh, Grim is available on Hoopla. You could read the single issues. uh, Issues one through six are available right now. Uh, And they also has the collected trade paperback on there. Nice. uh, Volume one as well.
0: I am gonna be picking up the tr- the trade hard copy because this just sounds so much like my vibe, and then I got the doc stamp of approval, so I know I'm, I'm like gonna be interested in this in some capacity. So I ca- I got I got to pick it up. Um, and yeah. of course, this one is this the the Alice Ever After. As I said multiple times, so you guys can pick that one up at your local comic shop this week. If they don't have it, put it in order for it and get your hands on this one. Um, but that is it for us this week joe um probably gonna do another main line next week hopefully we can string a couple of these together um going forward because lord knows we were you know inundated with uh High chats um
1: you know to start the year i'd like to do at least one trade this year
0: yeah right <laughs> well so today's 75 yeah we're if we do another one we we, we, we can we can do it i think I, I believe we can do it but we'll see <laughs> that remains to be seen until next week joe happy valentine's day Same to
1: you and Lauren. You know it. (laughs) I like
0: Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're done.